ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want, to, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, that's ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet us at sfdiocese and use the hashtag ignition. Again, that's at sfdiocese and use the hashtag ignition. Um, I'm joined today, once again, as I was last week, by Father Joseph Scholten, who is parochial vicar at St. Lambert's Parish in Sioux Falls. Father, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Dr. Bergwald. Merry Christmas, Father. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Father, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to... Father's shaking his head right now, because we're recording this before Christmas. Shh, you just gave it away. And you can't handle it, can you, Father? <laughs> Merry Christmas. out of whack. You're, what's ah. going on here? By the way, along these lines... One of the weirdest things was way back when, you know, we we we're, we now have the gift of being able to um, tape and then air the the cathedral uh, mass for Sunday, um, Sunday morning. But it's recorded the Saturday anticipatory mass, four thirty. Once upon a time, <laughs> it was recorded Wednesday, yeah, the week before, yeah, and then aired. <laughs> and so during for for Easter. One, so it was whole Wednesday of Holy Week. Mm-hmm. We had Easter Sunday Mass on Wednesday of Holy Week, so it could be recorded and then aired. That was the weirdest thing. Yeah, I, I can handle saying Merry Christmas yeah. right now, even though it's not yet right. for it's, us. It's, uh, all right, that was weird. It was weird. You can tell why they uh, <clears throat> almost started a schism in the second century over the uh, date of Easter. Because <laughs> exactly. yeah. when you had the emperor celebrating it one one week, and then the uh, the uh, other folks in the court celebrating, you know, two weeks earlier. Well, you yeah. don't want people celebrating when the emperor is trying to fast. Exactly. That's going to tick them off. You're not going to be happy. <laughs> so who are you again? <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Father Joseph Schulten. I am your parochial vicar at St. Lambert yes, Parish. Are. You are my parochial vicar. <laughs> and uh, the chaplain at O'Gorman Junior High School, uh, ordained in June of this year uh, and happily serving now as a priest for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. But I've been doing this for a little over 15 years. I've been doing the husband thing for a little over 18 and a half, married to Jermaine for 18 and a half years nearly. And she and I have five children. We make our home on the east side of Sioux Falls, right near St. Lambert Parish. So, Father... Um, Again, we're gonna bear bear with me if you can. Uh, <laughs> talking about Christmas, even though as we're recording this, it's not yet. No worries. Right. I do like Christmas. <clears throat> I, <laughs> I hope so. I just want to clarify that. For, I, I, thank you for, for, for the record our, for all of our listeners for posterity's sake. I am a fan of Christmas. Big fan. Big fan. Big yes. fan. I think um, we should do it every year. <laughs> It's a great idea. Let's let's do. How about next December twenty fifth? Let's do this. Perfect. I'll write the Pope. (laughs) So uh, actually, today's topic is your idea. I just want to point that out. You're the one who proposed talking about Christmas before. For you and I, it is Christmas because you knew that we'd be airing this on December twenty eighth. That's right. 
So actually, what Father and I are going to do um, is we're going to we're, we're going to be um, reciting, I guess, uh, and discussing a poem by the uh, the great British uh, Catholic author. Um, and thinker J.R.R. Tolkien, um, who's most well known. Who, who's J.R.R. Tolkien, Father? Oh, Tolkien <coughs> is most well known, as you were about to say, as the author of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, uh, among other things. Uh, very deep, thoughtful, and uh, frankly, beautiful work. Um, and a, from a from a very deep and thoughtful, and in some ways prophetic. Uh, Catholic mind, um, Tolkien, I think, is one of the one of the literary giants of the of the twentieth century, and and certainly a big personal influence as well. How's that? I think I, you know, I read. Uh, I guess I read The Hobbit as a as a boy. I read The Lord of the Rings a few years after that, and um, it just always appealed to me. And it's one of those works that I can go back to and always draw out more from. Uh, unlike some things, you know, you might like as a kid or as a young adult, but they sort of turn out to be rather shallow when you go back to them later. Yeah. Every time I go back, there's always a new depth that I hadn't hit before, I hadn't hadn't seen before. I think that really speaks to his own uh, depth of thought and um, about the world, about life, about eternity, and uh, and his own, um, the depth to, to the world that he created. He's a, he's a fantasy writer, in some ways one of the earliest, um, or the early writers in this, this genre. Um, but I'd like to talk today about his... Christmas poem. So before we do, actually, I'm I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, there's a question that I've had in the back of my mind that you just remind what you're just saying reminded me of that I've meant mean to ask you. Um, a couple of months ago, uh, I think you listened to an episode or two where I had Marcy Stockman um, on Ignition talking about well-read moms, um, and she and I talked about the value of reading fiction. Hmm. And I remember that yes. you, I think it was Thanksgiving Day, actually, right, right. you texted me because uh, you had just listened to. Um, one of those episodes. Um, and a question I'd asked Marcy was, um, some people might say, well, what's the point in reading fiction? I mean, it's it's fake for goodness sake. Hmm. Um, why would uh, a Christian who's desiring to grow closer to reality, which is ultimately God himself, um, why, why would you uh, spend time? much time at all, let alone all the time that you would, that, that Marcy uh, talks about in Well-Read Moms, reading fictional uh, texts. In light of what you just said about Tolkien and his influence on you, I'm just curious, Father, what what's your response to that question? Why why should somebody who's interested in reality, as, as we as Christians are, um, why should we bother reading fiction? After King David committed his sin of adultery with Bathsheba, God sent him Nathan the prophet. And Nathan came in to the court, and he told the king a story. He described how there was this dear <clears throat> sheep, the uh, only possession of this poor man and his household, and how how they loved this sheep, and the sheep slept in the family bed, and uh, and they all it was it was their cherished pet, and a rich man. Wanted to, uh, wanted to have a banquet. He wanted to have a feast at his house. And instead of taking one of his own many, many animals for the banquet, he went to this poor guy. And they stole his sheep and slaughtered it. And then the King David, King David was outraged when this was told to him. And he said, where is that man? I want to find him. And Nathan the prophet said to David, that man is you. 
Nathan used a fictional account, a parable, in order to draw in the king, in order to point out to the king something that wasn't obvious to him, even though he was living it. So King David, like all of us, is living in reality. We can't escape reality, and yet we can blind ourselves to reality. And yet, and David, as, uh, as great of a man, as virtuous as a man as he was, uh, David had become blind to reality and become deaf to the voice of his own conscience speaking to him. And so I think fiction, fiction has a way of helping us to see things from a new perspective, things that are real, uh, even though we might not have recognized them. And sometimes they're, sometimes they're accusatory like that. Sometimes they're beautiful. And that's what I find often with, um, like with Tolkien's fiction, uh, especially you know, he wrote a work called The Silmarillion, which is mm. sort of the prelude, in some ways the prelude to The Lord of the Rings, but he has this creation account in there and it's beautiful. And uh, in some ways in reading that, we are brought to recognize the beauty of our own world and that, that there is something majestic about it. There's something uh, superhuman about it. There's a, there's a divine authorship here. Can that happen when I go out and look at a beautiful sunset? Absolutely. But how often do we take the time to see the sunset, to mm. really look at it? So I think, uh, I think fiction um, is just one of the ways that we can be helped to appreciate reality. Not an, es- not a, not an escape or some kind of running from reality, but, um, but running into reality. Ironically, that the, something that's in a, in a sense not reality, it's fictional, can lead us closer to reality than reality itself. Absolutely, because there are uh, <clears throat> there are um, commonalities. There are things we share in as as human beings. There's a human experience that's that's universal, and that even can, even fiction can speak to. I think of somebody like the uh, like um, Dostoevsky, right? And uh, and and. His characters, he writes about real human characters, even though they're fictional. Um, you can see them as real people, and and the way he describes their thoughts and their actions uh, really help us to see ourselves. I, as soon as you brought up David and Nathan going to him, I, I knew where you're going, and then I thought immediately of probably one of the most well-known stories in all of Scripture is the story of the prodigal son, absolutely, who never existed. Hmm. Be- mm-hmm. It's the parable of the prodigal son. Right. How often do we just sort of uh, r- realize that it's it's a fictional account? Christ uses fiction. Jesus. And at the same time, the prodigal son is very real. Mm. And he very much exists. He exists in you and in me. Indeed. So thanks. That was a great question. Great. Thank you. So we're going to take a, a, a short program break here uh, or a little bit early so we can spend the bulk of the episode, the rest of the episode, talking about this poem by Tolkien. You're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. Merry Christmas. My name is Chris Bergwald. I'm with Father Joseph Scholten today. And we're talking, we're going to be talking about um, a Christmas poem by the, the British author, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, if you have questions about what we'll be discussing today or already have discussed, you can reach out to us. Ignition, ignition at org is the email address. Address Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Um, so, Father, how about, we're, bo- we're both, I th- we, we wanted to fight over who gets to uh, recite this poem. I believe the suggestion was <clears throat> arm wrestling. Yeah, I think it was. So uh, how about we go one stanza at a time? Sounds good. Okay, so this poem is titled Noel by J.R.R. Tolkien. Grim was the world and gray last night. The moon and stars were fled. The hall was dark without song or light. The fires were fallen dead. 
The wind in the trees was like to the sea, and over the mountain's teeth it whistled bitter cold and free as a sword leaped from, leaped from its sheath. So, Father, that's the first stanza. Part of me wants to keep going, but I think we should probably stop at each stanza um, and, and discuss just a little bit what we've read. Absolutely. Yeah, see if we can <clears throat> tease out some of what's there. Anything, yeah. anything jump out to so you just, in particular? Just the, for reasons that'll be clear when we get to the end, that first line, grim was the world and gray last night. So... Um, the, the 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 picture that Tolkien is painting right in this first line, um, it goes on. You know, the moon stars were fled. The hall was dark. No song. No light. Fires fallen dead. So darkness. Right. Um, right. Coldness. Joy has joy has gone from this place, and it affects the cosmos. He says the world, the moon, the stars, everything in nature, and then the hall. The hall was without song or light, and so human society, mm. place where men gather, uh, is is absent joy, absent life. Uh, the, and, and warmth as well. The fires have fallen dead. Absolutely right. And in fact, this this nature is is adverse to man. The wind is like a sword. He says, um, bitter cold over the mountains' teeth. And so these uh, right. these adversarial uh, images to describe even the world of nature is is hostile to man. Um, speaking, it reminds me of at the last end of last episode, you were talking about an unexpected pilgrimage through a blizzard that you right. experienced. Right. Yep. I've definitely felt this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this next line, uh, even more so. So uh, anything else in this first stanza? I don't think so. Let's, okay. let's keep moving. Great. The Lord of Snows upreared his head, his mantle long and pale upon the bitter blast was spread and hung o'er hill and dale. The world was blind, the boughs were bent, all ways and paths were wild. Then the veil of cloud apart was rent, and here was born a child. I, I so, Isn't that great? <laughs> I so want to keep going, but we can't. <laughs> Google, know. Google Noel by Tolkien and just sit down and read it through. We're, we're going to read it all here, um, but read it through in one sitting because it's, I, yes. it's powerful. Yes. Read it to your kids. Read it out loud. Read it poetry out loud. Poetry is really meant to be it read out loud. It is bred to be read out loud. If it's not, it's not real poetry. Amen. Um, so again, we're sort of continuing this this uh, well, the, as you said, the Lord of Snows um, at the beginning upreared his head. So uh, there's still this this conflict, which is, is spoken of the vast majority of the stanza up until the last two lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anything else before we get to those last two lines? The ways so, and paths being wild, and so any any way or any path doesn't lead anywhere, um, and that just it makes me think of life and how many people. Um, feel like they're they're on a journey, they're on a path, but they can't tell where it's going, and it doesn't really have any direction or sense to it. And how often have we felt that way? Um, what what do you what is he the, the the bowels were bent? What do you suppose the bowels were bent? I think I think being weighed down. He he just described that Lord of Snows and mm. bowels being being weighed down with something. Um, something we can also say about about how people feel oftentimes weighed down, um, burdened. And uh, just to note, this is this is of course um, a Christmas poem. At the same time, the world that he's describing is 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 this sort of fantastical world. It's not it's not he's not writing a poem about uh, first century uh, right. Judea. Right. You know this is this is uh, this is bigger than that. In some ways, he's describing the state of 
the state of all of of the humanity cosmos. and of the cosmos. The cosmos, right, right. right. But winter is a, is a is yeah. a very appropriate right. image um, for life without Christ. Right, right. Life without that child. So then we get then. Yes. Then the veil of cloud apart was rent, and here was born a child. Now the thing that strikes me about that. Uh, well, here was born a child. Well, okay, big deal. That happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But this is a child with a capital C. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That then is important, I think, at a specific time. There was an after, but there was a before. Mm. Then the veil of cloud apart was rent. And, and I, here was born a child. So why the emphasis on here right Particular there? place as yes. well. Because he's not describing the the scenery, the uh, geography of first century Judea, uh, but he says here he is referring to a specific place. And that particularity of time as well as of place matters because we're talking about, like you said, a particular child with a capital C. The thing in there too in this the the, the this last second to last line, the veil of cloud apart was rent. That the idea of something being torn apart or torn open, mm. if you will. Yes. So this is a this is a, a, an episode. It, it's it's quote unquote just the birth of a child, and yet it's a moment of great power. Absolutely. And import. Absolutely. That brings me back to that um, that first reading, the very first reading we heard in Advent was a prayer from Isaiah. He prays, "Oh that you would rend the heavens mm. and come down." Here we see Isaiah's prophecy pointed to and happening. Indeed. Should we continue on? Let's continue on. The ancient dome of heaven sheer was pricked with distant light. A star came shining white and clear alone above the night. In the dale of dark in that hour of birth, one voice on a sudden sang. Then all the bells in heaven and earth together at midnight rang. So I was, uh, then all the bells in heaven and earth together, all the bells, uh, just as I was, as I was reading that, reciting it right now, just struck by the, the, the union, the union of heaven and earth, the, the, the mm-hmm. heaven and earth are in concert now for mm-hmm. maybe the first time since the fall of Adam and Eve, right? where the bells right. of heaven and earth are, are together ringing. Right. He's describing a harmony after this, after this, uh, this conflict that we had gotten in the that we had heard in the first in the first stanza all of a sudden that conflict comes to an end and that uh you know, the hall that was dark and without song or light so joy was gone all of a sudden bells and singing joy is here right right what else in this stanza sticks out to you midnight uh they ring at midnight and um of course, we you know we're familiar with midnight mass and the mm-hmm. and the tradition that Christ was born at midnight. There are beautiful carols that allude to that. That actually refers back to a, a passage of of wisdom, um, where wisdom's uh, descent to the earth is described as happening at at midnight in the piercing cold. Mm. And so, um, the event of of Christ's birth happens in these these sort of cold. Uh, joyless conditions uh, and they change everything there's a, there's a prayer that for years now my family and I start praying um, it begins it's a devotion you begin praying this prayer on November 30th up until Christmas uh, the prayer goes like this hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the son of God was born of the most pure virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in piercing cold 
In that hour, vouchsafe, O oh my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires according to the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed mother. Hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, at midnight in Bethlehem in piercing cold, in a place here, as we're saying in the last stanza, um, at midnight in Bethlehem in piercing cold. So, shall we continue? Absolutely. Mary sang in this world below. They heard her song arise o'er mist and over mountain snow to the walls of paradise. And the tongue of many bells was stirred in heaven's towers to ring when the voice of mortal maid was heard that was the mother of heaven's king. So we're at the end. uh, We hear about the, 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 there's this one voice on a sudden saying, it's the voice of Mary, it seems, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that she sings in the world below, but it rises, rises over mist, over mountain snow to the walls of paradise, to heaven. Right. It carries from, from earth to heaven. Right. Mary's is the only name that's mentioned, mm. uh, actually, in this In the entire poem. In this poem. Right. right. We, hear, we hear the identity of her son, obviously. We have heaven's king, and now it's clear who this child is. Right. Uh, but Mary's is the only... Uh, name that's named. So why do you think it starts with Mary? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> what do you think? Let's just... Um, Should we keep going? I think it's a good question to have. Okay. Why does it start with Mary? But then this, uh, the harmony that you, um, that you pointed to earlier mm. is, is drawn out even more explicit. Um, Heaven's towers... Walls of paradise, um, now heaven is rejoicing when the voice of mortal maid was heard. Right. So uh, at, the, at the rejoicing, at the voice of this, of this one human being, uh, all of a sudden now heaven is rejoicing with the earth. Yeah, this is where the hard thing about radio is you can't leave it silent. <laughs> I suppose not. Otherwise, people think, oh, What's there's nothing on. on. <laughs> change the I better change this, the channel. But this is so evocative. You do just want to sit with oh it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, read yes. this poem to your kids. Read it at home. Read yep. it out loud. Yep. I'm going to plug that again. Uh, I'll go ahead and read the final stand. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm up. I'm up, aren't I? You are up. All right. Glad is the world and fair this night with stars about its head. And the hall is filled with laughter and light, and the fires are burning red. The bells of paradise now ring with bells of Christendom. And Gloria, Gloria, we will sing that God on earth is come. Mm, I guess we can't just keep leave it silent, but you really want to. I really, goosebumps, I Father, goosebumps. Mm. The, the contrast, so I, which I didn't realize until you and I were preparing, uh, and so the listener might not catch it as well, but if you see it, the contrast between the first stanza now, but the parallel as well, contrast right. between the first stanza and the last. So just reading the first line of this poem, grim was the world in gray last night, the moon and the stars were fled, and he goes on from mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. But now, glad is the world and fair this night with stars about its head. Right, right. And the hall, <clears throat> that hall that had been... Uh, absent of light and warmth of joy. Yep. And now the hall is filled with laughter and light and fires are burning red. Yes. And so joy has come back to the heavens. The stars are shining. Joy has come back to the to the life, to the society of men. That joy and, and gladness are all of a sudden restored this night as right. opposed to that night, last right. night. Right. 
What? Yeah, last night, this night. Right. Um. Well, you are. I'm going I'm to steal your thunder because it was Please. too. <laughs> this this is before the this is before the passion. This is before hmm. his death on the cross. Yes. This is before his resurrection. This at, is at his birth right. as a little child. Right. The world creation, the cosmos, is different with the birth of a baby boy. Right. Even though you could say, well, nothing changes. You know, right. The census is still going on. And right. They're still in a stable. They got to uh, trudge down to Egypt in a couple yep. of days, a yep. couple of weeks. Uh, and yet, Gloria, Gloria, we sing. What's different? What's different? It really makes me think of uh, makes me think of a question that Pope Benedict poses. I don't remember what work it's in. It might be in um, Introduction to Christianity, uh, but he, he he takes he, he asks the 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 question that's really at the heart of the matter. What does Jesus bring? What difference? Yes. Does Jesus make? The answer is that he brings us God, and Tolkien hits it in that very last line. God on earth is come. God is with man. That's what's different about Christmas. That's what happens in Christmas. And that changes everything. And I, and I don't think we, because we've been living with it for 2,000 years, it's part of, as, as Western Christians, it's part of our culture. Um, while we might be adrift a bit, in a sense, there's still, we, it's, it's hard for us to see what the world was like before. It's hard for us to recognize la- the last night that Tolkien speaks about mm-hmm. in the opening mm-hmm. of this poem, the opening stands and lines of this poem, um, how different the world really, the world was different. Um, universities, hospitals, these all came about be- with Christendom, with, with the good news of Jesus Christ. God dwells with us, with us, within us, and within us and with us. Um, and the different that makes in how we love one another. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can see the effects uh, still with us. But is it true for us? You know, for us, is the world grim most of the time? Is life daunting or is life filled with laughter and light? And all that changes is the presence of one child. Mm. It, makes me, it makes me think of, you know, sometimes you have a friend and you, you know, when, you're with a, when you're with a certain person or group of people or a friend, you have a conversation and you just feel like, wow, everything's going to be okay, you know? Right. And it doesn't change any of the problems in your life, but all of a sudden you have this sense because of the presence of this person, because of the presence of of love here, uh, the sense that, wow, maybe it will turn out. Right. Uh, and the, the presence of Christ didn't change anything immediately, visibly, but it changed everything. Right. It changed everything. Right. I, and I almost hate, just to, to, to wrap up, I, I almost don't want to get didactic here. I mean, the richness of poetry and the evocative nature of this poem, as Father said, get it, read it uh, to yourself and your children. Merry Christmas, Father. Merry Christmas. And that will wrap up, wrap, up, wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org with any questions or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.